Welcome back to the Paranorm Girl podcast. I am your host, Kristen, and welcome one and all to the 100th episode celebration. This is going to be a visually based episode. I will describe for anyone who is audio only, but if you want to see my show and tell items yourself, you can head over to YouTube. And hey, subscribe while you're over there. 100 episodes. Dudes, how did we even get here? Not without you out there listening, that is certain. Some of you have been here since the beginning. Over two years ago, you tuned in to this newbie's debut into the world of podcasting, full tilt into the world of the paranormal. And quite a few of you out there recently joined us and have started from the back catalog and already caught up. And you all continue to tune in every week. And I still can't believe it. This has been a life-changing journey. That is true. This show has made me grow in ways I couldn't have imagined at the beginning of all of this. And that has always been my hope for my listeners that this would change others in, in, in amazing ways, too, and encourage different ways to think about the paranormal. I wanted to be able to have this conversation about the paranormal without feeling weird or ignorant about it. I, I wanted to find others just like me, and I have. It's not always been easy, it's not always been taken well by certain listeners based on the topic and my take. And the effort has not always been understood or, you know, necessarily supported by folks close to me. But damn, it has been fun. It's one of the best decisions I have ever made. So to show my gratitude to you out there, who have helped and continue to help me on this journey, I want to take you guys behind the curtain. Let's take this opportunity to look back and appreciate this journey. Fumbles, hiccups, triumphs, and all umps. Before I even had any equipment, months before I started recording, I had an idea for a show. I wanted to incorporate my interest in the paranormal with the kind of education that I craved. I loved tuning into paranormal podcasts. I looked forward to it. But the one thing all of these shows would leave me with was this desire for more. So I had this idea of why spend one single episode on a topic and then bounce immediately onto the next. There are so many aspects to each of these subjects. How can you get all of that information into one single episode? You can't. It would literally take 10 episodes, 20 episodes to fully explore just one topic. And it occurred to me that I hadn't seen this type of approach anywhere else at the time. Nothing that I was familiar with, anyway. And I thought, you know, I'd listen to that show. I bet others would enjoy that approach. I can't be the only one. Somebody should really do that. And the universe said, yes, somebody should really do that. 
Kristen. So, I got to work on the cover art. I went with something a bit cooler, but here it is in all of its glory. Exhibit A. Uh, what we have here is a cartoonish uh, looking rough outline of a K2 meter. And in the little window, we have the arrow, and it can go anywhere from it's nothing to maybe all the way to the right, haunted AF. And then down below, of course, the Paranorm Girl podcast in terrible handwriting. It's a masterpiece, I know. But it made sense for what I was going to try to do with the show. And then I got to work setting up a podcast. There is a lot to that initial setup of a show. I don't know if you guys are aware, if you know any podcasters who have told you, but there's a lot there at the beginning. Um, if you're not going through a platform like Anchor that I believe does it for you, which is awesome. I didn't know about Anchor and did it the good old fashioned hard way. <laughs> the very first proud moment of my show, though, was when I sat staring at my very own RSS feed. Wow, the sky was the limit. I borrowed all of my original equipment. Nothing but the laptop was mine. And it's still kicking today. That's what we're recording on right now. Um, it would be over the course of the following year that I would accrue my very own equipment, my own mic and recorder. Ah, the show would officially launch March 10th of 2021. Was I nervous? Yeah, <laughs> I was nervous. <laughs> and, you know, I come from an acting and performing background. I, I had performed in arenas before. I've, I've been in front of crowds of thousands. I've acted on national television. I have had my photo in national magazines. I'm doing clips of all of these right now, but that, the, the picture in the magazine, that was a before and after for a weight loss supplement. Uh, no show and tell on that one. Y'all don't want to see that. But all of that is just to say that this, launching the show, was unlike anything I had ever attempted to do before. I was scared to put myself out there without a character to hide behind. I, I wouldn't even show my face on the socials for the first six months. And it's okay to be scared. I, I kind of just find humor in those early days and try to be kind to the Kristen who was scared, but started all of this nonetheless. I'm kind to her fears and her doubts because she was new. She didn't know anything yet. I, I look back on her like, girl, <laughs> if putting your face and personality out there on social makes you nervous, you don't even want to know what we are up to right now. Next proud moment was closing the book on shadow people. It felt good to have done what I said I was going to do and finish what I started. I had my moment and then had to move on to the next season and start it all over again. Mandela effect. 
a subject I was certain I would wind up crying skeptic on by the end. Boy, (laughs) I had very little indication that the most unsuspecting of subjects would melt my brain and shift the very way I began approaching the paranormal. I ran into the first of many hurdles and struggles in this season, dark nights of the soul, where I just I just couldn't comprehend certain concepts. I couldn't finish my episode outlines. I felt like I was I was about to fail. I felt that a lot. But you push through. And I did. And I am so glad. I still get messages from folks whose favorite season was Mandela Effect. And I can honestly say, by the season two finale, it was one of mine, too. Had my first fail during that season. It was at a time that I had been racking my brain, trying to figure out, okay, how do I make this a weekly show? The research for the solo dives proved to be way too much to be sustainable in a weekly format. So what could I do that I and my melting brain could handle. (laughs) I enjoyed the idea of having guests on the show, but my guest interviews from the beginning were never supposed to occur more than once a season. That's the extent that the conversation series was ever supposed to be. I don't know if you guys know that. That, of course, would change later. But for the time being, I had to get creative. I try something new. Enter tinfoil hat 15. Exit tinfoil hat 15, never to be seen again. (sighs) The concept was good, I thought, but the execution was lacking, and that's okay. You know, you got to try, fail, try, fail, try, fail. It's all part of learning what works and what doesn't. Season three would be a game changer for the course of the show. This season, I would begin to see that uptick in guests. You know, people began reaching out to request a guest spot. So I had to adjust on the fly what the show format was going to look like moving forward. And that was a hard decision to make because I, I was working full time. I had a house to take care of. I was nervous, blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it was, it was a lot, and I was busy in my regular life. Could I make the decision to continue with these conversations regularly and stick to it? Something that helped me make that final decision was when the psychic lawyer, Mark Anthony, followed me back on Instagram and then sent me a message to say, hey, it's very nice to meet you. I'm open to coming on your show. Dudes, I thought I was about to be hacked by a fake account by somebody impersonating this poor guy. I, I totally knew who he was. I'd, I'd heard him on Mysterious Radio and Jim Harold, and, and he was on TV. Like, he's a well-known dude. So, totally thought I was being played. But I responded, and he told me to touch base with his assistant and set it up. And I'm like, okay, 
Mark Anthony. I'll do that. I'll just reach out to your assistant. The whole time, just waiting for the red flag. You know, like this person asking for info from me or, or to send him a screenshot of my IG login. You know how these phishing things go. And so I reached out, messaged the assistant, and then we set a date for the following month. And then the assistant said, okay, I'll be in touch before then with his press kit. And that was it. <laughs> and I very quickly realized that I was a moron and that this was very real. <laughs> Had a tiny freak out, heart racing. I was like, I I'm, I'm not ready for this. This is so big. It's beyond me. He, he had to have made a mistake. He, he, he thinks I'm somebody else. <sighs> to this day, I still don't know why he reached out. I like to think, well... You know, he, he is a psychic. You know, maybe he saw some awesome future for the show that I can't see yet and wanted to get on while he still could. <laughs> I don't know. But whatever the reason or impetus to do so, I am so grateful. I got to meet him, and he is really cool, and he's such a nice man. And at the end of the interview, I was just jazzed. I wanted to keep doing this. I was going to make it work. This experience would truly set some long-lasting wheels into motion. Since that interview, I have been honored to speak with other folks known for their contributions to their field. I've totally opened up the conversation series, and I get to talk with all kinds of experiencers. I've gotten to speak to people whose literature I have used for the deep dive episodes. For, they were my sources. I never suspected that one day I would get to talk to them. And then finally, recently, got my first skeptic on. I, I mean, it's, it's a mind trip, dudes. I also got far more brave about asking people to come on my show. That was a huge hurdle for me to overcome, if I'm being honest. As much as I had wanted to have these conversations, it was hard to feel good enough sometimes or worthy enough for folks to do me the honor, the solid of appearing on my show or to feel comfortable in my hands. But in the doing of it and the consistent interaction with just awesome people, I relaxed and I let go a bit. The conversation format has ironed itself out a bit and it continues to do so. Things are constantly changing over here. And that is a major lesson that I have learned that uh, has made the biggest impact. It has been my experience that nothing is set in stone when you are making a podcast. You can't force something to stay the same that needs to change. Case in point, at episode 50, I made some necessary changes. It was time to change up the look and the feel and direction of the show. I swapped out my old hosting platform for Red Circle. Woohoo! They have been great. They are incredibly user-friendly. And I was also connected with 
Bear Klein through my good friend Jordan Klein, who you might know if you listen to Fireside Paranormal Podcast. He connected us so that I could get some new tunes. Bear was outstanding, just incredible. He listened to me try to stumble through some kind of description about the feeling I was going for, the theme of the show, uh, what would follow the intro, and and then a couple of weeks later, he presented me with exactly what I asked for. I don't know how he did it, <laughs> but it was a huge deal for me. Bear is highly talented. I, I just love my theme music. I had wanted something recognizable and professional and could potentially get a listener excited when they hear it come on in their headphones. And I think we achieved that. A lot of pieces fell into place between season three and four. Uh, Leah and I would end up leaving the South for the Pacific Northwest. The new situation was far more relaxed with so much more free time to contribute to Paranorm Girl. Major Major plus. Double thumbs up, dude. Um, I also started getting invited on others' shows as a guest. Shows such as Nocturnal Frequency Radio and Christina Gomez's shows. Like, what? (laughs) Getting to go on other shows is such a blast. It is so fun. And it's, it's also a really great way to form friendships and stretch yourself, you know, like get outside of your own bubble and echo chamber. And, and it's a great way to reach new audiences and bring new ears to your show. Um, a string of luck also accompanied the shift from three to four. My friend and artist, David Linnebury, created his Tarot of the Unexplained. It's a tarot deck, and he asked me to be one of the images in the deck. Of course, I said yes. So here it is. Bell Witch represent. Woot woot. <laughs> it's gorgeous. The whole deck is gorgeous. Uh, but that was really, uh, really something. Just a, a, a lucky break. <laughs> But uh, thank you so much, Dave, for that. Again, thank you. Um, The show also would be featured in American Paranormal Magazine uh, in their uh, July 2022 issue. Killer publication. And then for some reason, whatever reason, I, I still don't know why or how it happened, but BuzzFeed would put that spread on their site for a day. I don't know. (laughs) This stuff just happens to me. And then I received an email from a little company called Manscaped, wanting to know if little old me would be interested in test running a short-term partnership with them. I remember sitting there just kind of dumbstruck, just staring at this email. And I asked Lee to come into the studio and look at the email. And I was like, does this look fake to you? Like, what do you think? Nope, nope, not fake. Manscaped is an incredible company. And at the time uh, that this happened, they were reaching out, um, you know, they were expanding. So they were reaching out to uh, female podcasters to work with them. And uh, my name had been thrown in the hat somewhere along the line. 
And there you go. That's how that happened. Working with them has been so exciting and important to me. And I forget to mention, whenever I suggest ways to support the show, that supporting the companies who support the show is really, really important. It's an important action to take. That is the only way to ensure that they can keep working with them. With that said, and since we are on the topic, support for the Paranorm Girl podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Ladies, it's not too late to make the men in your life beach ready and turn their grooming game up a notch. This summer, give the gift of the Beard Hedger Pro Kit from Manscaped. With this game-changing tool, they can shape their beards like true beach babes and make heads turn wherever they go. Visit manscaped.com, use code PNG, and enjoy 20% off and free shipping. Surprise your favorite guy with the ultimate grooming upgrade and show them some love with Manscaped. We all know it starts with the Beard Hedger. It all starts with the Beard Hedger, but I would be remiss if I left out the supporting actors, the beard shampoo and conditioner, of course, blank canvas, fresh start, they're a must. But something great about the other Manscaped formulations found in this kit is their focus on relieving dry skin and moisturizing. The beard oil does all of that while also adding a little shimmer. And capping off the kit, capping off your look, the Beard Balm also moisturizes while it caves to your every creative whim, helping you to tame the mane for your perfect sculpted look. Both Lee and I have really enjoyed my partnership with Manscaped, and he has really enjoyed using the Beard Hedger and all of the goodies that they have sent us. I promised a while ago that I would show my viewing audience a pic of my darling partner's results. And today, I deliver on that promise. Behold the gloriousness. He certainly enjoys crafting his signature look, and so can you. Try it for yourself and get 20% off and free shipping with the code PNG at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PNG. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. One more important moment occurred near the end of season four. The two-part Stargate episodes received some of the best feedback I had received for an episode. It was a very real moment of, oh, wow, people are really listening here. And I'd received feedback before, but not like this. And I totally got it. That season was all about psychics and mediums. And though I was friendly to the subject, there were some parts of it that I was meh about. You know, the Fox sisters, mm, ectoplasm. <laughs> Y'all know how I feel about ectoplasm. But learning about Stargate tipped the scales and once again shifted the way that I think about and view the paranormal. It helped me conceptualize it more. 
And if you out there are doubtful about psychic or mediumship abilities, might I suggest learning everything you can about the Stargate Project and remote viewing. You might feel very differently when you are done. Now, after that, I took a break between season four and five. Sometimes I like to do that just to catch my breath, get my bearings. Um, It would turn out to be a a, a very good thing that I did timing-wise. It was the middle of winter, and my roof couldn't take it. Dang it. My studio ceiling collapsed under the weight of the snow. That might be considered a hurdle. Luckily, 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 I could see the wet spots starting to form on the ceiling. And so I began breaking down the setup, packing up the books, and moving everything over into the spare room of our place. I was in no hurry. I sincerely thought I had a couple of weeks before the ceiling was going to come down. For whatever reason, I moved all of my recording equipment together early. And thanked my lucky stars when I came out the next day or like two days later to a pile of acoustic tiling that had come crashing to the floor right where my desk had been. Now, I lucked out, but the situation was frustrating. Yeah, inconvenient. Oh, my God. Yes. The new season was going up in just a couple of weeks. I needed to get cracking on it, and I didn't have a place to hang my hat. The good that can come out of a situation like this, though, I'll show you. It's a much cooler space than the last one, and also way cooler than the walk-in closet this whole operation started out in. I don't think I mentioned that before, but yes, Paranorm Girl began in a closet. (laughs) (laughs) So, even if a situation looks bad, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. It was a good thing, how it all panned out, as challenging as it felt in the moment. And here we sit, now, at the end of Season 5, almost 30 episodes into it. It was a long one. And the conclusion is just on the horizon. And I've thought about this, but I really couldn't have planned the topic for this season better if I had tried. (laughs) The reason for the season was indeed UAP on the public stage, being talked about by our government openly, whistleblowers, unbelievable stuff. Now, aside from having perfect timing, (laughs) there were some major accomplishments this season. Getting through the information and reaching the end of the season, for one, when I was looking ahead at it all, it seemed absolutely insurmountable to me. It was a topic of which I just didn't know the necessary details to even talk about it. If you would have tried to speak to me about Malmstrom or Tic Tacs or Crop Circles, just six months ago, I, I, it would have been a one-sided conversation. I promise you that. But let's talk about it now. Heck, I, I'll be excited to have that conversation with you anytime. This one was transformative and influential to this journey. To start out at zero back in January and now be filled with so much 
excitement and insight on the subject, it's, it's a reminder of why I started this whole thing. I wanted more information. I wanted to have a fuller understanding of these paranormal subjects. Just makes me very excited for what's to come. A couple of key developments took place this season that each had powerful impact both on the show and me as a person. I began creating visual episodes, which has come with its own hardships and hurdles due to the show not being a fly by the seat of your pants. Everything is improvised kind of show. Now, this is a, a carefully planned and outlined and formatted program that translates just fine to audio. But there were some hiccups getting it to also translate to a video format. <laughs> and uh, and it's a lot of just extra man hours on my part. I'm sure Lee would attest to that, much to his chagrin. But totally worth it. Totally worth it, dudes. I have met a whole new group of listeners by migrating to video. And I am getting more efficient in my editing skills, okay? It's, it's a work in progress. But yes, definitely worth it. Um, another key moment. I had quite the powerful spiritual experience early on. An out-of-body experience, if you'll recall. I will never forget that. While this was yet another shift in my own thought process and theories about the paranormal, it stands alone. It, it stands out. It stands unsurpassed <laughs> because it was a personal experience. And I cannot explain the mechanics of it, but I cannot deny that it happened. Now, I had already learned thanks to Mandela effect, that reality is not what it seems. And this was total personal validation of that. So cool. I also invited some key expert guests onto the show as well. I invited the beloved Ms. Kathleen Martin. She is an incredible person and an incredible resource. I am so grateful to her having the expertise and experience that she has and for taking a chance on me, for coming on so graciously and sharing her knowledge with us, it just, it added so much value to the season's topic. Speaking with Jim Harold will forever make me happy. <laughs> the Paranormal Podcast and Campfire were regular shows of mine years before I was podcasting. They were my go-to shows while I was walking dogs in Hollywood so meeting him and having him on felt full circle-ish. It was so cool. And it was a motivating push that I really needed at that moment. And of course, having him on then followed by my spot on Campfire, which led to a whole cadre of new listeners who have been outstandingly supportive and communicative. And I thank you guys so much for following me over here. And of course, Dr. Roger Stankovich graciously accepting my invite onto the show and helping me bring it all to a close. Multiple major turning points occurred this season and 
it never stops moving forward. It never stops adjusting and growing. I haven't stopped learning all new things in two and a half years. Now, looking back at the previous 100 episodes and everything that had to happen to bring us here, I am very excited for the next 100. Sure, there were hurdles throughout, ceilings collapsing, learning curves with the equipment, even sharper learning curves in becoming a host. And there were disappointments. There were a lot of successes that I wanted to share with you guys today for the celebration, but I I had the same disappointments and hard spells that I think every podcaster goes through. Feeling stagnant, feeling not good enough. I talked about that. Guest cancellations. Ugh. (laughs) Or having like those oh-so-close moments, but no cigar, you know? But when you get to look back like this, all of that suddenly pales in comparison to all of the good that came out of it. The show has been crafted and shaped and Boy, has it changed. The same can be said of me, and I hope the same can be said of anyone who follows the journey. All of that being said, let's talk about the future. I'm going to do a little visualization with you guys. I, I, I do some manifesting from time to time. No biggie. Let's do a session together. Here we go. <clears throat> Universe, I am so grateful for the powerfully educated guests I have on this show. I love getting to speak with them, getting to learn from them, getting to learn about them in such an intimate and unique way. I am so incredibly grateful for the new supporters of this show. I don't know where you found them, Universe, or how you did it, but here they are. They are plentiful and gregarious. Dearest universe, I thank you for not haunting me with the ghosts of embarrassing mistakes past, but reinvigorating me so consistently with phantasmically exciting and fruitful choices of the future that are always right. Universe, goodness me. I am so grateful for your directing me to the subject of my listener's preference. I want to learn it all. The more unknown to me, the better you show the way. And I just follow. And it always works out for the best. Damn, universe! You are so fly! Look at how you coordinate my work schedule to allow me to attend more paranormal conventions and, heck, start my own convention here in eastern Washington. Perhaps reinitiate a Bigfoot convention that, yes, was a thing a couple of decades ago in the area. Universe, you know best how to get things done. Universe! How? Oh, how do you make the support flow? I never worry for the future of this show. I don't need to worry. Now I realize now I just just need to know and accept that it is done. You town! Unimeister! I am so grateful 
that I go record in a separate location four days of the week in a building that looks like a bookstore and a radio station had a baby and I get to line the walls with all of my books and old play posters and and paranormal knickknacks that I've picked up along the way. And this place, this place is my happy place because I have a crew of awesome people who are just as excited by podcasting and learning and educating others about the supernatural as I am. They say that no one will ever be as excited about your dream as you are, but universe, you have done it again because these people, these people are so down to do this. They even beat me here in the mornings with coffee for everyone, double sugar-free soy vanilla latte, hot please, and chocolate. And that is how it is done, people. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. That's how I do it. <laughs> uh, in short, I hope for an exciting future for this show. I apply the utmost appreciation that I feel right now to a future yet to come as if it's already here. The sky is the limit for all of us. Let's not forget that. My RSS code is your freshly printed business license or your finished script or your new baby. Take it and run with it. Not the baby. <laughs> Probably not. I don't know. I don't have one. Can you run with them? My point is, manifest the future that you want. Heck, maybe I'll throw in some live shows in time. Maybe I'll write a book at some point on all that I have learned along the way. Maybe I will start a network. For now, I'll absolutely take more of what I'm already experiencing. The interactions from you guys, meeting other podcasters, learning new things. But I wouldn't say no to a recording space separate from my home and some help that feeds me chocolate. <laughs> I can only dream of these future possibilities now because of you guys making this first 100 so spectacular. And somewhere in that garbled love message request to the universe, is the subject we will be covering next season. Do with that information what you will. It is now time, though, for our celebration to come to a close. Final call and final note. In today's final note, because this is a celebration of the previous 100 episodes, I wanted to share some clips from the top five performing episodes and encourage anyone who hasn't caught them yet to go catch them. They were fabulous. The top most downloaded episode of the previous 100 episodes is my conversation with author, investigator, and founder of Elk Valley Paranormal, Miss Sin Schrader Hill. Wow, kid! Blew it out of the park. And it's no surprise. It was a cool discussion. She's a really cool lady. Let's take a quick listen. I was walking around the first residential that we did, and Wayne said, Tell me what you're what you, what's on your mind, what you're what you see, what you you know, what you feel. And I was leading him to different parts in the yard and he was talking to me and he said, you know, 
you are sensitive, right? And I said, I don't know. Everything you find because you need to debunk it. You've got to, any kind of evidence you get, you try to look, is there a way this could have happened that is not paranormal? Did a, did something fall in the other room? Did a cat knock it over? You know, whatever. So uh, everything needs to be debunked before you can say, well, I don't know, it might be paranormal because we still don't know. Yep. You know, yep. even when we think we know, we don't know. The more you do this, haven't you found the more that you are in this, the more you notice things out of the corner of your eye or you hear things, you know, oh, wait, so I'm not alone right now. You know? can come back and visit us, whether it's when you're looking outside and you see a cardinal or if you look on the ground, you're having a bad day, look on the ground, there's a penny. If, if some of your listeners out there are going, well, you know, I got a sign, but I don't know really who it was from. It's usually the first person that pops in your head. You don't have to think about it. It's usually the first person that pops into your head. Thank you again, Sen. Had an awesome time with you. Listeners, that was episode 89. Next one comes as no surprise, ladies and lads, tis my conversation with Kathleen Marden. Another episode you don't want to miss. Here's a little peek at that discussion. So uh, I had the opportunity, I guess you'd call it an opportunity, to see the unfolding of what occurred after they had this close encounter. Uh, I had all of the archival documents. I did an extensive investigation, much more uh, scientific analysis of the evidence than had ever been done before. What Barney saw was so frightening that he had developed a mental block for the features on their faces. By the time I finished that comparative analysis of their statements, there was no doubt in my mind when you put it together with the scientific evidence, there's no doubt that this would convict in a court of law. It was something that we used in our study at the Mutual UFO Network over a three-year period with uh, experiencers mm -hmm. who had come to us uh, believing that they had been taken. And so we were able to identify those individuals who were hoaxers and remove uh, a lot of those from the, the overall uh, surveys and also to identify wannabes and remove them. So that what we came down with was good evidence. Uh, when we asked if you would end your experiences today if you could, 71% uh, of the survey takers said, no, I don't want to end my experiences. Hmm. Now, I thought they would probably all want to end their experiences. So that was really surprising. For quick searching, that was episode 87. Third most downloaded episode, and I can't believe it. It's cool, but I can't believe it. We're going way back. But third on the list is Intro to Shadow People, our inaugural episode that kicked it all off. Take a listen. 
I hope that answers that question. Just a simple description of tall, small, quick, butt standing its ground, red eyes, no eyes, long fingers, and maybe also it's a spider thing that you can't quite see, but only sometimes. That's what I'm here for. Simple, straightforward answers. This show is really going well so far. A shadow, devoid of features or visible motive, hard to see, extremely mysterious to us, someone we do not know. Literally, the physical manifestation of the unknown. If, if we're following the sleep paralysis diagnosis, all while we're paralyzed in our beds, helpless to fight back or change our situation. It's awful. It really is a waking nightmare. But Some seemingly more and more people are starting to report seeing them while, while fully awake, walking around in the daylight, no drugs, no alcohol involved, and no sleep deprivation to speak of. It absolutely terrifies me what I may come to know. But ultimately, I am just too curious. And I'm probably going to end up getting bit in the ass with this one. I was but a wee lass in those days. Next up, and fourth on the list, episode 88. You're drunk, aliens. Go home. When he came back, he was very shaken, and it took a lot to shake my grandfather. She said that he sat down and told her, I'm going to tell you what has happened. You can never repeat it, and I will never speak of it again. But no sane person was buying this craziness, though. They, there, there was an explanation for it all. Optical illusions and birds, balloons, other planes, your imagination. It could only be every other thing under the sun, but what was being described. Because if UFOs were real, you'd think one would have crashed by now, right? Something happened, man. This debris was not just some balloon and, and not just Brazil, but multiple folks who personally handled the debris have spoken to that publicly. They didn't know what it was, but it wasn't that. One Air Force officer involved contacted Stan to talk about how he had been part of the unit tasked with guarding the object after it arrived from Kecksburg at Lockbourne Air Force Base in Ohio early the following morning of the site. Project Blue Book be like... <laughs> object. What's she talking about? And the final top five most downloaded episode is episode 90, a conversation with co-host of the Three Haunted podcast, Ashley Lunar Goddess. I would have to go back and get my notes because some of them start to blur because it's almost similar to the demon one where yeah. you play hide and seek in your house and you've got the candle. So. <laughs> because I remember specifically the midnight one that you're talking about, like they even reference in the game, like write your own name because if you try to trick it and write someone else's name, like it's mm -hmm. extra bad for you. It's extra yeah. going to come after yeah. you. So yeah. So you're, you're bringing this guy, this midnight man, midnight man to your yeah. home. So that you can basically do hide and seek with him, but you've got mm -hmm. this candle, and and the deal is you cannot let the candle go out. Otherwise, That's right. he he gets you. <laughs> and the game, thankfully, the the game is finite. Like it, it does end if he hasn't gotten you by like I think it's like three or three thirty. <laughs> Then you've won. You've won. Isn't that great? <laughs> you've survived. But what do you get? You don't get anything. Unless you're playing it with a demon, in which case you get a wish. So it's... <laughs> I mean, 
mean, pick your games wisely, folks. I've been surprised at how much, how more open to like being, how more open I am to being open about ideas than I realized I was because, mm-hmm. you know, based on my experiences, I have my own beliefs, right? Of like, okay, I believe in this, but when it comes to, I've not been abducted by aliens, I have not been X, Y, Z. So I feel like we all tend to be a little more skeptical about that. And Mm -hmm. then it's like, well, I check myself and I'm like, well, just because that hasn't happened to me doesn't mean that hasn't happened. Because how would I feel if someone's like, well, I've never had a paranormal experience, so it's not real. And it's like, that's rude. So, (laughs) so I've, definitely found that I've opened, like, like you said, you just find how much it's all connected mm-hmm. and like, Hmm, maybe there is more out there than I ever realized. See, now I'm on the spot. So I'm having a hard time. Oh no. <laughs> Can I give you a Halloween one? That's also yes. obscene. Yeah. Okay. Why can't witches have babies? Why? Because their husbands have Halloweenies. <laughs> <laughs> You can edit that out, by the way. (laughs) It's staying. Funny, fun, smart, innovative, original ladies of the paranormal. And I got to talk to all three of them. There you have it. The people have spoken. Uh, I will not play these next clips just for time's sake. But if you are looking to catch another best listen, two honorable mentions. And next up on the list was episode two history and lore of shadow people and episode 86 the nuclear connection a personal favorite of mine last piece i'm including in this celebration and something i have never done before but shall do today because the occasion calls for it recently on the socials i opened the floor up to you guys for an ask me anything style q a and here is what you guys wanted to know first up I've got a couple questions from River. You have stated in your spare time you enjoy ghost hunting at haunted locations across the country. What has been your favorite location to do a ghost hunt? And what evidence, such as EVPs, were you able to capture? Okay, so we recently went to St. Ignatius Hospital in Colfax, Washington. And this is my favorite place that we've ever been. Um, The evidence that will stay with me for a long time, it wasn't captured on any devices. Unfortunately, it couldn't be. But this is the kind of evidence I would look for again to correlate. It's very powerful. We were on the third floor. It was pitch dark, okay, very close to 11 p.m. at this time. Third floor, uh, looking for Rose's room. If you're familiar with the history of the place, familiar with St. Ignatius, you know who Rose is, and you know what kinds of things can happen around her room. We were walking down this dark hallway and we're about halfway down when Lee and I, we were standing shoulder to shoulder. We both just stopped on a dime. It was as if we had walked right into a wall of rose perfume and urine. And it was so strong and so heavy, it made us just stop. I was immediately afraid. I wanted to run. And like in the darkness, I I was trying to sense like if Lee was going to like start walking back because I I was going to follow him. Um, But that was that was incredible. It was an incredibly powerful thing to happen there. I do consider it evidence. Oh, and the best part. 
when we turned on our like light to to take a look, see where we were at in relation to the entire hallway, we looked left. Immediately to our left was Rose's room. How weird. All right. Awesome question, River. Thank you. Uh, You had another one. If you could pick any three locations across the USA to immediately go and do a ghost hunt, where would they be? This is easy. I would go to Bobby Mackey's, Gettysburg, and Tombstone. No specific place in Tombstone. The, the, the whole town is haunted. It is the location. All right. Uh, next up, Dave asked, and I, I know that you were joking, but this is a fun celebration. It's a fun episode. Let's be fun with it. Who does your hair? I do, baby. It's all me. This, this perfectly quaffed vision of perfection. It's me. Next question, though. What theories have been presented to you that you found to be the most and least plausible? I'm going to try to keep this short. I don't really have time to explain why I feel this way. The most plausible theory that I've come across, and that can apply very easily, very cookie cutter easily to most paranormal, is the simulation theory. I don't fully buy it. There are some stipulations, but as far as the tenets of simulation theory, I think that they can be applied, just not in a computerized technological way. That probably doesn't make any sense. I'm working on a theory of everything here. Uh, Which one do you find least plausible? I might catch some flack for this, but... This theory comes up time and time again for most paranormal subjects I cover, and that is time traveler. The time traveler theory, I just think it's it's simplifying something that is far more complicated than that. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. So that's my least plausible. Uh, Next one, Tassie wants to know, If you could have an unlimited supply of one thing, what would it be? Time, darling. Time. There is never enough of that. Next question. Uh, Oreos wants to make the grossest cookie flavor ever. What flavor would you pick? I would pick a mayonnaise-infused, onion-based, cilantro-sprinkled, Oreo. That sounds absolutely horrific to me. (laughs) All right. Next up, Derek asks, before you became a podcaster, what were your primary interests in life? Acting. I was an actor for a very long time. Uh, I also enjoyed writing. I have been a writer since I was a kid. I love to do it. I love to do it for fun. Um, Yeah, I'm weird like that. Those were my primary interests in life. I do still enjoy writing. I do still do it for fun. Has the podcast broadened or limited your life experiences? Do you socialize less or more since starting your show? I would say it has broadened my life experiences, though it has cut down on outside pursuits. Um, That is fine because this is what I'm focused on. This is what I want to do. But it has broadened my general life experiences. It's it's broadened my 
knowledge and my interests. So in that way, it has broadened everything. And as far as socializing, uh, I, I would have to say I socialize like a thousand percent more than I ever did before. I am a homebody. Uh, my circle of friends has always been very small, but thanks to the show, I now am, I'm literally sending off an email, a response to somebody every single day. I've made a bunch of friends through the show and uh, talk to them frequently. So yes, my, my circle has grown quite a bit. And just to say, online communication like the this is perfect for the introvert that is myself. All right. And Derek also asks... Prior to Dave Fravor, Ryan Graves, and Dave Grush convincing senators that the UAP and NHI are real, what was your personal position on the topic and people who claimed interaction with it? Very, very good question. This went in stages for me. Of course, we've got pre-show, pre-season five, Kristen, that yes, I believed that we were not alone in this universe, that it was crazy to me to think otherwise. As far as seeing them here, seeing UFOs here, uh, being abducted by aliens, that was that was a work in progress up until the point of the conclusion where we are, you know, almost there. Um, I have certainly grown far more friendly to the subject than I was before. I have looked at the reports, I've heard the stories, I've seen the evidence, and you know, I've, I've got some conclusions to share with you guys before too long. But uh, I, think, I think the biggest question mark for me the whole time was aliens and abduction and how to make that fit into all of this. And I'm happy to report I've, I've got some conclusions on that as well. And, uh, you know, you can thank Kathleen Marden for that one. Last question. Lily wants to know, what is your favorite inspiring quote? So I actually have two. The first one is uh, something I learned from my mom when I was a kid. She said it all the time and it stuck with me. And it goes like this. Where there is a will, there is a way. That's it. Short and simple. Um, I uh, have applied it to so many things throughout my life. The second quote, my favorite quote, is a more recent one. I heard it over on TikTok by uh, Johnny Johnny Does Videos or something like that. I, I can't remember his handle right now. He's the guy that does the ice baths. <clears throat> the quote goes, can you stay true to what you said you are going to do long after the mood you set it in is gone? It's, it's a beautiful quote. I just love it. Um, I have thought on it so many times in this season recently, and uh, it, it just kept applying. So I thank him for that. It's a great quote. Thank you all so much. Uh, let's, let's leave it at that. Thank you, River, Dave, Derek, Tassie, and Lily for the questions. Awesome stuff, you guys. And uh, that is going to wrap our celebration and look back and the special episode. 
check in with me on the socials and YouTube anytime at ParanormGirlPod or email me at ParanormGirlPod at gmail.com. That is a great way to get a hold of me. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you. Next up on the Paranorm Girl podcast is final summation, review, and conclusion of all that we have learned these past six months about UFOs and extraterrestrials. Join me for that season five finale next. Also a massive celebration in itself. I can't believe we are here. But I will see you guys at the finish line. Stay safe, keep the nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open.